chapter 93, we get story time from, from Azure. We get some more questions answered, even though we just had a full chapter of answered questions. We get Azure, who is finally being confronted about her honor blade or her sword that's not really an honor blade, that's not anything that we know of. And she's getting confronted about that and where she's from. And we get a couple answers. Azure says she's from a faraway land and she came to Roshar through Shadesmar. My, I'm wondering about this. Does this mean that you can like travel between worlds through Shadesmar? I've kind of been, we've already kind of guessed that maybe Azure is from, Azure is from somewhere else. And when we say somewhere else, I'm thinking like, another planet, another system, another world. But is this implying, if that's true, is that a, is this implying that you can use Shadesmar to sort of travel to other planets, to other completely different locations? That seems crazy. It does. And I, I can't imagine another way. We know that there are characters who do so. So I am assuming that mm -hmm. this is how it's done, is through Shadesmar. But we just don't know how. That's like I said uh, previously. I'm really curious to see how traveling through Shadesmark goes and what all they see and everything, right? But I'm curious to see if Azure has traveled through here before. How how it's done and where all they can go and everything. So I I guess the other possibility is that, that we we know that Roshar is a continent on a planet. I don't know. Maybe we don't know for sure. There's not another continent on this same planet, and maybe Azure's just from the other side of the planet, and she just. We know water is firm ground in Shadesmar, so maybe you can just walk across the oceans in Shadesmar, and that's how you travel through Shadesmar to get to another land that's still on the same planet, if you will. She does mention something else here that's interesting. She says that she came chasing a criminal. And that's an interesting thought. I thought of one of our, is it the very first interlude with uh, Ishik back in uh, Way of Kings? And in that interlude, there's some people from somewhere else chasing Hoyd and that kind of I that seems similar people traveling from somewhere else chasing down a certain specific person is that who Azure is chasing down is that who she's come after is our good friend Hoyd who seems to pop up everywhere I mean Hoyd could certainly be a criminal in uh in the world of Warbreaker there's so many stupid rules and fault like you gotta bow to Sabron and Hoyd be like, no. <laughs> you know, like Yeah, he would like make a joke about it. I, I wouldn't be sure that Hoyd's not a criminal in this world. He he doesn't seem to care about some of those sorts of things. <laughs> they all and Actually, I can say this. They all know the same kata. 
this 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 chapter is titled Kata, and Adolin is resorting to this just kind of like a warm up morning routine, just something familiar while you're sitting in Shadesmar. You you want something, and Azure really quickly turns over to him, sees what he's doing, goes and joins him, and does it stride for stride, even though we've just learned that she's not from Roshar, or at least that's what she's claiming. And she walks over to him and does the same kata stride for stride. And then Kaladin comes over and joins them too. He knows it too. And Shalon walks over and says, what are you guys doing? And then Adolin starts explaining. And then Shalon says, oh, I knew what you were doing. You tried to teach me that. And I think we might be able to draw a couple conclusions based on this. Where did Adolin learn it from? And they talk about this. I assume it was from Delinor. He said it was from his sword master. Oh, that's right. And Adolin thinks to himself, wait, how does Kaladin know it? Oh, Kaladin knows it from Zyle because he trained with Zyle. And then he turns to Azure. It's like, wait, how do you know it? And Azure says, oh, from my sword master. Mm -hmm. And I've already, I've already once before drawn a a line between azure and xyle just by the kind of the way they talk they they tend to like reference random things that don't make sense sometimes dealing with colors and so i've already guessed that xyle is from a different world we now know that azure is from a different world all of a sudden kaladin and adolin and azure all know the same kata two of the three having been trained by the same person does not seem like a big leap to guess that maybe Azure was trained by the same person. Now we have a link between all these things. And just to clear up the theory here, at the end of Warbreaker, how does the scene end? Do you guys remember like what the very end of Warbreaker is? I don't think I do. I remember they no. defeat the bad guy. <laughs> They defeat the bad guy. Yeah, they like wake up all the night blood and everything is like. They wake up all the statues. They run after the the army that was being released. You, oh yeah. You remember that? And then mm-hmm. at the very the very end, like the last two paragraphs, Vasher is walking out of the city with Vivenna, and Vivenna says, "Now what?" And Vasher says, "Well, I'm going to go search for more like good th- good deeds to do. You can come with me if you want." And Vivenna says, great, as long as you teach me the sword. And that's how the book ends. And I've already also, when making crazy wild theories about Zyle, trying to pick, you know, hey, if we if there was a crossover person, who could it be? I wondered, I don't know if this is actually like, a, I think this is true, but this is, falls in the what if category. What if Zyle was, is Vasher? Now it's kind of in that same vein. Can we also guess that maybe Azure is Vivenna? We already talked about the hair thing in the last episode of how Vivenna had good control over her hair color, and but also it sometimes slipped and her hair changed colors. That seems to have just happened with Azure. We might be talking about the same character. It's, it's possible. And... There's one other thing I was going to say, but I don't remember. Oh, uh, back in a Zyle interlude, 
when Kaladin just got beat, bested by Zeth, and he comes back to Zyle and says, okay, I need to learn how to fight against a shard blade. Like, that's really important. Do you guys remember what Zyle said? It's a, it's a quick one-liner. It's an inter, it's an internal dialogue to himself. Zyle is talking about, oh, I had an internal a voice inside my head a long time ago. Oh, yeah. And I miss that. I don't have it anymore. Yeah. All things definitely point towards Zyle just being Vasher. Well, at least in, with all this evidence, right? I'm wondering, like, when did he lose Nightblood? And how did he lose Nightblood? How did Nail yeah. get it? You know, like, how does... <laughs> that would make sense with, like, what we are saying with the the shard blades, I guess, that that Azure has and Nightblood. We, that doesn't mean they're from the spiritual realm or anything like that. We don't know. But they did come from somewhere completely different like another world, so that would make sense why it can be in the cognitive realm, I guess. But... And not only did how did Vasher lose Nightblood, how did Vasher lose Vivenna? Why are they not together anymore? Yeah, or that's also a good point. Maybe Vivenna is Azure, and maybe that's who she's looking for. Maybe the criminal she's looking for is not Hoyd, but is is Vasher. Is Vasher. And maybe she's, she's not like chasing him down to bring him to justice maybe she's almost just kind of referring to as oh yeah that criminal vasher i'm here for him hmm. Yeah. Hmm. any other azure predictions there's some there's some a lot more relevant information in this chapter that we can talk about but we can keep talking about azure if we want I think that's enough crazy theories for me for now. I want to I want to keep reading and learn some more. If we if we do get some sort of like reunion scene between Azure and and Zyle, if they ever cross paths, that will maybe answer a lot of our questions here. Maybe, or even like Azure and Hoyd might tell us something. Mm -hmm. Like there's a couple interactions that might tell us something. I've already kind of assumed that Hoyd knows absolutely everyone in the whole universe, so. That may not honestly tell us too much. Like if Hoyd recognized her, that wouldn't surprise me at all. But if Zyle cross paths and recognizes her, now now we're going to connect some dots. Shalon takes inventory of their their physical goods that they brought with them through the Oath Gate, and they have basically one day's worth of food and half the Stormlight which they brought with them because um, they activated the Oath Gate with it, which is actually a lot. They brought a lot of Stormlight with them um, so they could use it if they were allowed to in Kolinar, which they weren't. And then enough to activate the Oath Gate as well. So they actually have a decent amount of Stormlight, but they're also not really allowed to use it because it attracts Spren, and Spren are physically dangerous on this side. Like in Shadesmar, they could they could physically hurt them because they're in the cognitive realm and their physical bodies are in the cognitive realm. And so like a spren can't really hurt you on the physicals in the physical realm, but in the cognitive realm, Syl keeps saying like, please, please stop being angry. Please stop using Stormlight. We need to stay away from all these scary spren. Interesting. 
it is something I never really thought about is our like little bitty teeny sprint in the physical realm that we see like rot sprint, anger sprint, like all of them fear sprint. Like I didn't think about them in the cognitive realm being like actual full size monsters and things and all of that. And so that that was really interesting to see because they describe fear sprint right, and they're like these big shark reptilian scary purple things and that was like really scary so Adolin started freaking out about it for sure and and I don't think they describe in full like the anger spren but they're like yeah that little you know boiling pool of red that you see in the physical realm that's just their saliva you know <laughs> that's just the the drool coming out of whatever this monster is that's the anger spren like ugh yikes mm-hmm at the end of this chapter, we kind of get a game plan for our uh, uh, cognitive realm trapped heroes here. They are looking for, and this is what the information that Azure has shared with them, they're looking for a perpendicularity to push from the cognitive realm to the physical realm. And there is a known one in the Horn Eater Peaks, um, which we can talk about the relation with spren and horn eaters and why rock can see sill and all that based on that information but um there's another uh, perpendicularity that jumps around like it's super not predictable and if you find it great you can jump through it if not you just got to go to the one of the horn eater peaks so that's their game plan right now kaladin's super frustrated because we're going the wrong way like the enemy's over there. I feel like we're running away. I don't do that. And Adolin's like, shut up. Like we need to, <laughs> we need to use our heads and think through this. I, we can't go back through there. So stop thinking about Colinar. I know your men are back there. I know my men are back there, but we can't do anything about that right now. So we need to move on and get a game plan of how to get back to your theory. So. I kind of pulled 95 into this as well, so I'll keep talking about that. Sill talks about Shadesmar and how there's spread cities and spread civilizations in Shadesmar, and she lived in a big city before. She kind of remembers it, not really. And then Sill kind of coincidentally lived through the Recreants because she bonded a Knight's Radiant way back when, and he died right before everybody abandoned their their spread. So she was kind of lost and hadn't bonded another Knight's Radiant yet. And then the Recreants happened, so she was saved. And the rest of the spread died is the implication there. The, the part about the city caught my eye. She specifically, too, says that her city was in the west of Roshar. So I, I I pulled up my map and I thought, okay, where would this be? But also remembering that this is Shadesmar where the water is earth and the earth is water. We need to look for a body or perhaps a body of water in the West. Well, the, really the only thing that's not an ocean is the Pure Lake actually. Right. So I'm, I'm wondering now if the Pure Lake is actually the location for the, uh, the Honor Spren City, which is an interesting thought. And I also thought of didn't we have 
is either like a, a Yasna chapter or maybe it was an interlude somewhere where there was like a city in the Pure Lake and they were wondering like, hey, what happened to the city? Where is it? it sort yeah, of thing? it was a Dalinar. It was the Dalinar flashback um, that we got where they're hunting and it's the first reference we get to Ja'anat and oh, there's this yeah. huge fortress like in the middle of nowhere and he's, mm -hmm. he assumes he's in the Pure Lake because he's running through what he assumes to be the Pure Lake. That's right. that's the reference you're thinking of, and he's like, "If this is in the Pure Lake today, I've never seen it, and it's a well kept secret. Um, but if this is the Pure Lake, then this does not exist today because it's huge." Right. And I don't know if that's related at all, because I mean, we're talking about Shazmar, where again, opposites. So it that the water of the Pure Lake could form the the solid foundation of a massive city in in Shadesmar, but. Or it could just be on one of the oceans to the west. I think that's also possible. There was a um, epigraph, wasn't there, in one of these chapters? That, like, it's the perspective of someone just talking through the map. They're like, I like this place. I don't like this place. I don't, I don't remember where that is specifically. So. Oh, so, okay. This is an interesting difference between audiobook listener and physical reader. Elliot, do you know what he's talking about? There's a there's epigraph and someone's like, That one was a big lake. I didn't like that one. And like Oh, so in the, that's... the northeast, like they're, in the physical realm, it's they're whatever. independent pages. They're not epigraphs. They're like journal pictures. Yeah, they're journal entries and pictures between chapters. Okay. So you're you're thinking of Paul. I'm gonna try and see if I can pull this up and, and show you on my my camera here. There are a few of the illustrations in the book. Yeah, here we go. That seem to be like yeah, almost like a journal or like a map that someone has that they've then like jotted a bunch of stuff on. So I think what you're talking about is yeah, you can't see that at all from the glare, can you? I can see yeah, I can see oh there we go. I can see it now. Yeah, okay, I see. So, so there's one page with, a, it's a map of, of Shadesmar where it shows like some of the lighthouses that they talk about and some of the, you know, water and, and the confusing difference between the two. And, and yeah, there's just a bunch of, kind of like random notes kind of scribbled on it. That's probably what you're thinking of. Mm. Probably so. It's definitely red. Does it have like notes with it from someone? Yes. In the book? Okay. Because I, I remember hearing it, and it was like someone's voice, and he was like, up there, they have that big lake, and I didn't, I don't like that lake. Or it's just like all these like notes and opinions and stuff on the places there, and where they correspond to in the physical realm, or things like that. There's another line where he's talking about Spren and how they're localized um, on different parts of Roshar, and there's a commentary of, oh, wine Spren are super rare, and he's like, oh, no, they're not. I... I summon drunk Spren all the time. I'm drunk all the time, and they come visit me all the time. What are you talking about? But on different parts of Roshar, they're Spren are in different capacities. So, which do you guys remember? Axes, Axes the collector. If he's mm -hmm. he's the R immortal Aemia guy who's walking around Roshar trying to collect all these Spren samples. Why doesn't he just go to or why doesn't he just go to Shadesmar? You know, like 
Dude, just go to the question. just go to the source. Why are you trying to produce mm-hmm. so many spren all over Roshar? He's doing like a world tour. Why not just go to Shadesmar and take notes there? Yeah, it's probably that easy too. He could just hop on a plane to Shadesmar and. True. Yeah, and that's what inter- he should do. Interesting question, actually, because this will bring us back to the whole shadows thing. Because we know in Shadesmar, shadows go the wrong way. Our characters who've just gone to Shadesmar that have noticed this, where their shadows stretch out towards the sun in Shadesmar and not away from it. Axes has a shadow that goes the wrong way. I think we've seen that at least once. Yep. So, and we haven't solved that riddle yet of why do at some points in the physical realm shadows go the wrong way, which we know is a Shadesmar thing. So that makes me think that Axes has at least been to Shadesmar or knows how to go back and forth or is somehow like partially in Shadesmar and the physical realm all at the same time. So why doesn't he do his spren hunting in Shadesmar? Yeah, great question. I don't know. Yeah, from from I remember we talked about this before and from what I remember we talked about the other time we've seen it which was in the pro- prologue with Yasna, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. In the Voids of Radiance where her shadow goes the wrong way and then she goes to Shadesmar and we kind of took it as like a you're kind of between the two almost like it's a sign maybe yeah I think of it of like I I basically think of going to Shadesmar as it's not random but sometimes it feels random it's like oh they just fell into it like sometimes you don't mean to I guess and you're just trying to go I to think... work sometimes, and you just you know, oh dang it, Shadesmar again. Sorry, guy, man. I'll have to tell my boss I'm going to be late. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm late. I fell into Shadesmar. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Had to go to perpendicularity, um, jump back through. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> exactly, and then um, I lost my train of thought, Trevor. Come on. Sorry. Um, shadows. Yes, shadows. Axes. Shades more confusing. Do yes. Do they answer this question? Why don't they use the stormlight and Shalon's ability to visit Shadesmar to jump back out of Shadesmar? Have we? Did they answer that? Because that that was a genuine question for me the first time I read this. Was wait, we've seen this. Yasna said, "Don't go to Shadesmar without a bunch of stormlight." They have a bunch of stormlight. Like, why don't? Like, maybe it would take Shalon a little bit to figure it out, but, like, she hasn't really done it a lot, but she does have the ability. That's a great question that they don't really talk about. They talk about her her soul casting, and they're like, oh, just soul cast us some food or, or something like that. And Shalon's like, well, I can do that, but it's not going to do us any good because the the food I create is going to show up in the physical realm, not here. I can pick up a, a spren from here and turn it into something, but it doesn't do anything for us here in Shadesmar. But that is a great question. Shalon has been able to travel to and from Shadesmar before. Can she not just do that and go back? Hmm. Or is that a Yastan specific ability with the travel part? And Shalon can only talk to like the beads from the physical realm. I don't actually know the answer to this off the top of my head. But Shalon's done it. She talked to the stick for 20 minutes in Words of Radiance. Was she in Shadesmar, though, or was she still in the physical realm talking to the stick? Good question. She's in Shadesmar. 
I thought. She's accidentally gone to Shadesmar in, in Wave Kings. Yeah. Maybe she wasn't. Yeah, okay, so she went to Shadesmar whenever she made the boat disappear, right? Yes. Then with the stick, I, my, from what I remember, she was trying to and couldn't. But I don't remember that well. Hmm. Mysteries. I, I don't actually know the answer to that question. Well. Dumped. We did it. Because <laughs> 81, 81 we episodes. Stumped <laughs> we stumped him. <laughs> exactly. All right. Uh, moving into 94, we have a fl- we have a quick flashback to Dalinar chapter, and it's more just depressing, drunken Dalinar. He's completely wasted. He's looking for more alcohol, and poor Renarin comes up to him and says, "Hey, hey, Dad, I've got a bottle. This is what you want, right? This will this will help you. You just need to rest. Like, go go rest, please." And Dalinar has this just crushing moment of like man why don't my sons hate me like i hate myself granted his sons don't know what happened so whenever the truth comes out in modern day of hey hey boys i accidentally killed your mom eight years ago i never told you about it how's that gonna go down <laughs> but mm-hmm. um in this flashback chapter it's just renarin trying to appeal to Dalinar and say, hey, hey, dad, I got you a bottle. I know that's what you were looking for. And Dalinar is just sobbing uncontrollably about it. This chapter hit me pretty hard. This was an emotional one. As I've I've actually noticed that now now that I'm a a relatively new dad with with sons, some of these scenes with with Dalinar and his his boys, sometimes those are some of those hard hitting chapters in, in this whole series actually and and this one was particularly powerful where we see Dalinar in this just state of brokenness and his his two boys just come just trying to help and I gotta say this chapter and the previous one like Adolin keeps a very impressively positive attitude absolutely through these scenes like young Adolin he's clearly affected by his dad but he's also like he's not letting him get it down he's still like the happy I don't want to say quite go lucky but the positive adolin that we know and he's, he's striving to succeed in in duels and stuff he's doing really well in his training even though he hasn't had a dad there for him for three years or four years exactly exactly and to see this scene where yeah Dalinar just pushes him away and wants them to hate him because he hates himself and like how how could you love me? How are you not disgusted with me? Because I'm so disgusted with with myself is just painful. That that's hard to watch. That that kind of unfold that that relationship that he's got there, and then just that the moment where Renarin comes back and is just like holding him is just like, oh man, I I might tear up in a in a in a movie adaptation of that if it was done emotionally. Yeah, absolutely. And like Way of Kings, Adolin and Renara have this have this context of dad used to be a drunkard and now he bans all alcohol from his um from his army. And so they honor that because of this scene. Like they re- they understand 
what like Dalinar may not fully understand why he's enforcing these codes because of what he used to be. He doesn't remember, but uh, he he might remember that he drank a lot, but he may not remember why. Um, and so Dalinar in the way of Kings is enforcing these codes of no alcohol while we're at war and Adolin and Renarin try their best to live up to that because of what they've seen it do to Dalinar. It does. I feel like this chapter would add a lot of value reading, rereading the way of Kings and seeing kind of the earlier, just like more like normal or menial, like scuffles between family members and everything going on and stuff like politically and socially, I guess. Um, in our first book, I feel like this adds a whole lot of, uh, a lot more meaning to that now that we kind of know this part of the story. For sure. Jumping into 96, this is present-day Dalinar, and he's kind of just a shell of himself in these meetings. He's trying his best to keep it together and be there at these meetings, but his mind is not there he's trying to cope with what he's learned and Navani is having to step up and be the unite them role for for Roshar he, she finally they both finally have everybody there and then this is a really bad time for Dalar to retreat into his shell is what Navani is thinking like we finally have everybody here listening to us you need to talk like <laughs> please say something and so she's leading this meeting so that's a couple of cool things if you guys want to talk about it. I gotta say, she steps up in a very impressive way, actually. You're right. This is the moment where we need the inspirational Bondsmith Dalinar of Unite the Troops, we can do this. And he just like sits brooding in the corner the whole time, you know, dealing with where he's at mentally. But Navani really steps in and, and takes control of this and does something really cool. I loved how she She's trying to get people, everyone to contribute. She's trying to find ways to, you know, hey, we need to work together here. And she ends up doing that by turning to them and asking like each delegation, what are you good at? What is it that makes your nation the best? And they, they, they come back with like, well, we're really good at laws and we're really good at trade and like these different things. And she's like, okay, you do that. I want you guys to, you know, Azish Empire, you put together some laws, put together some codes for us. Hey, Thalens, you guys go and, and put together uh, a trade network. You're going to control the, the way trade works through the, the Oath Gates. Like, that's a brilliant way to get people involved in what you're doing is find what they're passionate about and have them come do that with you. Right. Brilliant. Absolutely. And it seems to work like immediately. The Azish, within seconds, are like, wait, we could... We can make a full rule book for the whole world. That's like our dream, you know? We, exactly. all, all we want to do is make rules. Let's make 10 more sets of rules for the 10 other nations. That was cool. So I I don't know. I feel like I've given Navani a little bit of the like book one Shalon treatment. And I'm like, okay, world building. Like that's <laughs> that's where my mind goes. Right. And stuff, uh, and and I don't mean that in in a bad way, because this chapter was really good. Um, but it took me a little while to like appreciate it. This was more action 
like like important and poignant because I was also especially I was really curious to see like what is Dalinar doing in the midst of all of this because our other characters are really on the edge of like death and crisis and like everything is absolutely crazy what is happening on the other side of the world and it's a, it's definitely like an uphill mental battle right now for Dalinar um, and it's really cool to see Navani step in um and i i could see this as as a point where where navani begins to approach a more major character arc but also i could still just see this being you know showing her as a loyal like support for delinar and leaving it at that um we do have a lot of characters to follow so i would honestly welcome that if it's just like this is a Navani chapter to show she's, like, doing a lot to support Dalinar and is, like, a really, like, important role, but not, like, as much depth to her character, I guess. Right. Our our cast is getting rather full. We've, <laughs> we've, we've got we've got a, a big list. <laughs> we've added, we've added Azure, we've added back in Zeth, we've added a lot of characters that I mean, we weren't really talking about even at the beginning of this book. No, yeah, no joke. I, I I think of that mostly with our... Uh... Not the views, our... Our Shendi characters. Yep. Stuff. Um, yeah. I'm blanking on the name, but who book four is... Venley. About and Venley, yes. Venley and, like, everything there. Like, there, there's going to be a lot, so... I was... some. I was completely with you, Paul. When I when I learned that book four was Venley's book, I wasn't that excited because I was like, I have a plate full of a bunch of characters I really like, and I'm not very invested in Venley. So I I and want Venley is Venley isn't even like with our other characters. Right. And I was like, what? <laughs> How is that gonna work? But I was so... I was not d- disappointed in the way he took r- uh, Rhythm of War. So okay, that's exciting. Any other closing thoughts for 96? 96 is a fairly big, like, long chapter, but it can be summarized pretty quickly with successful meeting of the nations. This definitely was a little bit more world-building-esque or more just like, hey, we, we need to move the, the plot along. Here's here's what's happening, and here's what our, our people back in Eurythera are doing about it. I had one quote, though, from part of this discussion that I wanted to to mention real quickly as we wrap this up. During the conversation, Dalinar actually pipes in at one point, and he, he says something like, hey, we've spoken these, these ancient oaths again. Don't those give you some faith in what we're doing as like the Knights Radiant? And the, the Azish Prime answers back. His vizier whispers in his ear, but this is what he says. We are still very concerned about the powers in which you dabble. These abilities, who is to say that the Lost Radiance were wrong in abandoning them? And that that is a voice of a concern that I still have of the whole recreance. This whole secret that we know is out there that some people know and aren't sharing of why did the Knights Radiant walk away? Why did they break their oaths? What caused them to do that? 
Dalinar's putting a lot of weight here on, hey, we're Knights Radiant. That means we're we're the good guys. We're fighting the good battle. And this Azish Prime is bringing up kind of this question that I have too of like, well, are you sure about that? Because we in, saw in history a lot of Knights Radiant walk away from this. They might, emphasis on the might, might have had a good reason for that. They might not. It may have been just infighting and misunderstandings and who knows, betrayal. Or they might have uncovered something and realized, oh crap, we're not on the side we thought we were. We're, we're out. Dalinar has placed a lot of emphasis on we're, we're here to stay. We're not going to abandon you. We're like, we're the good guys. And the Stormfathers called him out on it. Mm-hmm. And there's a couple other people. Yasna knows it and isn't willing to share with Dalinar. Exactly. And there's there's a key information that Dalinar's not does doesn't know, but is still making promises on, even though he doesn't know it. So if his intentions are great, but if he has if he's missing key information, does that change the outcome? Like does does it, his intentions obviously matter now, but if you learn something new, does that change your promise of we're not going to step down from being Radiance? Trust us. Yeah. Any closing thoughts? Just the, the same one I feel like I've said at the end of the last six episodes. I... Let, let, let's stop the recording and go read because I want to know what comes next. Two, the two episodes ago, when I told Paul that Zeth was a point of view chap, point of view character for part four, and Paul basically said, "Okay, the episode's ending right now because I'm going to go read." Bye. <laughs> that, yeah, I really enjoyed that. I I think I did the reading like these past two for these past two episodes like in it like instantly in one day each like for sure like it was no more than two days spent finishing the first like read through so also in the meantime i finished uh mistborn fun fact the first the first book and i'm like in the second part of the second book so that's that's been fun i've just been on a reading spree pretty soon you're going to be another cosmere expert and then i'll have to ask you questions that you won't answer for me (laughs) no i'll answer them i'll be nice (laughs) There we go. All right, in order to I'm not a skybreaker, I'm a windrunner. I'll <laughs> be like, yeah, yeah rules. This. It's not against the rules. Yeah, it rules. Who cares? Rules or whatever. So, yeah. all right, let's read more and talk next week. Thanks for joining me, Paul and Elliot. See you next time. See you.